Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome to uh, Big Big Honkin' episode 40. A huge, a huge number, huge achievement. I uh, I should be in bed right now. I don't want to be here. Hey, do you know, I've set up a little um, portable audio recording studio in the bed I'm staying in. I'm in mm. uh, our nation's capital, Wellington, New Zealand. I'm staying at my girlfriend's mum's house in my girlfriend's childhood room. I don't know. Is, is that weird? Nah. <laughs> is, it, is it lovely? I don't know. It's impossible it's to tell. It's all good. It's lovely. It's sort of been semi-converted into a spare room, but there are still a few, you know, trinkets and uh, pieces of memorabilia strewn throughout the place. And um, have you learned any horrifying secrets about your girlfriend? Uh not. Do you want it? Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, if the secrets are described as horrifying, ah, oh, that's a good question. Because otherwise they'll just remain unknown. No. I got two words for you. Third what? nipple. Oh, that's and okay. Where you would expect. Ah, uh, even so. It's I a can... new brain guy. Oh no! <laughs> is, yeah. is she sick? Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. That's not where nipples need to be. That's where brains are supposed to be. So this is uh, it's bad. And um, I feel like I was pretty pretty callous in the way that I told you, but I also feel like you just needed to know. How do you have that information? Um, you know, you hear things. Did you yeah, find out you from are. your partner? No. Absolutely Did you find not. out from your partner who's a doctor? No, 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 Has your, no, has your partner breached patient-doctor confidentiality? Absolutely not. I, have, I you just, this, are you, have you just dropped yourself in the soup here, Tim? I like what you this jujitsu and this bit that you're performing. It's very, it's a good throw. <laughs> Zoe is so staunchly uh, for the rules that she wouldn't even see your girlfriend. Should be like, get out of my fucking office <laughs> with your weird, freaky internal third nipple. So you admit she did see Zoe? No, I'm saying she wouldn't because that's what would happen if it, if she. Guy, I watched the movie last night, all in one bite, uh, till when did we knock off? Sort of 2am. Right now it is a crispy 8 minutes after 8. We're in the same time zone, which is fun. Had a little hedgehog come and visit us, because we leave the door open so Rufus can um, go and pee outside, who is a dog. Uh, Didn't think about it enough, because obviously hedgehogs love dog food, so... Came in and that oh. greeted me last night, so I was getting ready to have some sleep. And um, I feel tired, man. I feel pretty Yeah, sleepy. I'll bet. When you say us, is that you and Zoe or you and Rufus or you, Zoe and Rufus? 
Sorry, what do you mean? Us and what with the door? Well, you're saying we and us. There was a collective. No. Yeah, I don't know what but I was talking about, though. If it was the door, then I guess it's one of those tricky things. It's not we all open the door, rather that no one shut the door, you know? It's freaky. And it's, it's more like we wrapped up at 2 a.m. Oh, sorry. We is the royal we. That's just Timbo solo. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I I so I I got to Wellington yesterday, and last night I hosted a show called Raw Meat Monday. Oh man, which is, um, is it awesome? It's a it's raw it's raw comedians, so it's new comedians doing six minutes of material, uh, purportedly with a professional host. And I got to tell you, Tim, <laughs> I don't know if it was me or the audience, but I could not have stunk up the place anymore. Wow, it was wee. hilarious! Isn't right that out. so good? This is what I love about stand-up comedy: is that you just like I watched you. I watched you on stage perform to um, I think it was about it was like two thousand people. Yeah. At the, a sold-out festival gala show that was televised, and you absolutely fucking kicked it out of the park. And then let's put you on a plane and put you on a room to just look after the fucking newbie comedy night. And the audience is like, "Fuck you, bro. We hate it. We absolutely hate it. <laughs> absolutely. They were so deathly silent. I was meant to do." eight to ten minutes at the start i did 15 minutes when i was just trying to elicit <laughs> anything out of them because it wasn't even you know like a visceral tangible sort of disdain for me it was just That's this brilliant. like neutrally agreed upon indifference like <laughs> 45 people who i asked them i said are you here to watch comedians or are you here to experience various different iterations of white noise in six minute increments because i do not know what you want out of me and then all uh, the comedians would come out and just perform to abject silence fucking hell it was one of the most relaxed energies i've felt backstage because i had immediately reduced the gig to something of no consequence there was yeah, right. no way to gauge how you were performing Everyone sort of started relaxing into the second half. In the start of the second half, I was talking to some people in the front row. I said, how was your break? I said, it was okay. I said, did you have any conversations? And they said, yeah. yeah. And I said, did, it, people re- did people respond to the things you were saying? And they said, yeah. And I said, that must be nice. What did you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, mostly the show. And I said, oh, yeah. Well, I'm almost afraid to ask, but what do you think? And one of them said, I'm writing a review. Oh, guy. I'm writing a review of a raw comedy show on a Monday night. It's not a heat. It's not a final or anything. It's just a random show in the middle of a proper comedy festival. I... Probably laughed harder than anyone in the entire room when I found that out. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some enemies here, dude. But I need you to see if you're on my side or not. This is a fucking Wellington thing. This is like there is there's something a little bit Wellington about the story you just told. 
that the every second bearded individual has a fucking blog where they concurrently review uh, microbreweries and craft beers from Australia and comedy nights where reviewers are really not encouraged to be it because people are trying stand up for the first mm. time in their damn lives. Yeah, I I mean. I don't want to agree with you because I've always quite enjoyed coming to Wellington. I think Wellington has been kind to me. but Yeah, I'm fucking surly just because I'm tired. But I don't know. I, th- I don't think you get that kind of behavior in Auckland. No, I think there's some truth to that. Like, I, I've not experienced that sort of... It was it was mind-boggling. And, like, you know, I, I didn't do my best job, but I did a job that was... I did, I did my job. Yeah, you turned you know, up to work. I did... Yeah, I turned up and I tried and... It was just unbelievable. Anyway, so after that experience, when the show finally wrapped up, I handed the running order to the reviewer so that uh, the review will be, if nothing else, (laughs) an accurate account of people who were on the bill. (laughs) Uh, And I toddled toddled home, I climbed into bed, and I watched (laughs) Sex in the City for the 40th time. Fuck me. And um, it wasn't good. I spoke with... Uh, Chelsea this morning mm-hmm. it was the aforementioned uh, girlfriend and she said to me how do you feel when you watch Sex in the City and I hadn't really thought about that question before but the answer is like an idiot like a prize fucking idiot you feel small you feel stupid I don't feel small I do feel stupid how do you I feel I feel um, do you know, there is undeniably for me a small element of comfort. There is just a small bit of that familiarity. It's, uh, it's not wholly bad, you mm. know, there is some other, um, component to it. You're in the sunken place. I'm in the sunken place. I'm drawing on those memories of when you're a child and you, you get the same movie out from Blockbuster, R.I.P., um, week after week, and you just keep watching it. It's sort of... There's a bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, because that, I, in this crazy mixed-up world, man, there's something to be said for just the regularity and total predictability of watching a movie 40 times in 20 weeks. You've been here before. This mm. is This is... You've articulated this before as treating it mm. almost like church. Yes. This this uh the the feeling I had for number forty was less spiritual and more a sense of it's a sense of safety is what it is, putting my finger right on it. Just because there's there's not gonna be any surprises. I know exactly what's coming down the pipe every second and I you know I'm I'm singing the songs along with them I'm sort of getting pretty good at quoting um you know say about 50% or slightly more of the movie now and when I'm by myself I like to try and uh do the karaoke along with the film hey that's great man that's not for nothing it's important work you're doing if we are going to talk about music mm. um so oh are uh, we i like that <laughs> that's a good way to have a conversation no, don't ask someone about something but give give them an imperative on what the next topic is yeah guys um, really really great to see you can you take a seat there i'm going to make you a coffee and you and i are going to talk about the music in sex in the city the no movie. 
No. I'd be like, yeah, is, cool, man. No, that's not what happened. Ah. If I if I came in to your house and I said I was I was saying I was reflecting on the experience on an experience and I said, Yeah, I thought the music was okay, but ultimately the story didn't really do what I wanted it to. You could then say, Okay, but let's talk about the you know, you could pick it out. It was offered mm. on the yeah. you know, on the tasting platter of conversation. It's sure. different it's different from me pinning you on a seat and saying, Let's talk about music. Yeah, I didn't mean it to be a negative thing either. I think also because I'm so tired, like it'd just be lovely for someone to just uh, just take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Have you had any fruit or, or caffeine this morning? I've got a coffee that I'm sipping on at the moment while I talk to you. There's no time. I stayed in bed till the absolute last moment and actually a little bit beyond because uh, I would have nailed the timing. I was slightly late because my dog got in the way. Understood. You there? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm. I'm here by the skin of my teeth. Though you sound like you're um, being attacked by a robot sometimes when you talk. Oh, sorry. It's the um, it's the internet. I don't know what to do about that. So, t- talk to me about the music, my man. What's well, what's going on? Uh, when when Carrie watches Meet Me in St. Louis, the generous and I think like you know that there's a disparity and a representation even though she is gift she's giving two gifts to herself one to her better self and one to her true self when she exchanges gifts with saint louise maybe in saint louis is a thoughtful gift you know yeah self care like, via well, yeah. presenting your imaginary friend exactly but it's it's you know she's they've spoken about a, a cultural touchstone and carry i guess is in some way Expressed, it might have been faux, but you know, some sort of uh, regret, or you know, she, she's like, oh, I actually haven't seen that, and you know, presumably, yeah. Louise said, "Oh, well, you really should. It's great, guy." I I hate to interrupt you, and I do it so far too often. But can you just recap for people who may have forgotten just just what's going on with a bit more specificity? So just recap us on Saint Louise for uh, those tuning in who may have forgotten. It's what you mean. Their relationship, or just who she is? Who she is. Let's just bring uh, everyone back up to speed. Okay. Uh, well, Carrie, when she gets back from Mexico, she has a full-on mental breakdown and hires a personal assistant, but she doesn't actually hire another person. She hires uh, an alternative personality she creates within herself who is portrayed in the movie by Jennifer Hudson. And uh, Jennifer Hudson sort of writes the ship. She does quite a lot of emotional heavy lifting on behalf of Carrie, and by the end of the movie, you know, the two facets of her personality are realigned and she becomes one singular carry again. But uh, she is represented by the actor Jennifer Hudson for a solid 45 minutes and is treated as an entirely unique character from Carrie Bradshaw, even though they are one singularity. Hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, really thoughtful gift. And Carrie just goes and buys her the first and ugliest Louis Vuitton bag she sees because money does not exist to her and she is insane. Um, and then the oh, way that- I I had it round the other way. I thought you meant the um, DVD of Meet Me in St. Louis was the not thoughtful gift. Are you saying that is the thoughtful one? Yeah, I think that is thoughtful. But Louise has been like pining after these hideous handbags and spending money renting them such as her want to just you know to to grapple with one of these alligators of the shoulder i and just i just carry 
finally fulfilling her wish. I get the feeling that Louise uh, thought about this gift for two weeks before she bought it for Carrie. But because of Carrie's financially advantageous position, she didn't have to think about it at all. She literally, like on the way back to the house one day, stopped into a Louis Vuitton store and bought mm-hmm. it with just loose cash, just the first bag. I said, Are you sure the you want that one? It's- money. Yeah, whoever worked at Louis Vuitton said, you sure you want that one? It's really fucking ugly. And she goes, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit. She said it like that. I don't care. The dark side of Carrie that's not really represented on screen. Mm. Anyway, all of this is a roundabout way of getting to uh, the actual when Carrie sits down with a, a cup of noodles on New Year's Eve and watches Met Me in St. Louis and disrespects mm. the movie entirely. Something I can't identify with. I respect all movies <laughs> I watch. Um I was just listening to these big orchestral swells and I was kind of a bit exhausted and in quite a spacey mindset. But I was like, it isn't, it, there's so much to be impressed by with music. This movie is presumably from like the 50s maybe, around that era. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, earlier even because it's, it's, it's in black and white, isn't it? Think of how many instruments they figured it. Yeah, I mean, but... the. The number of instruments that they figured out how to use, not even in, in that century, but from earlier, and just that it's represented by little little blotches on a on a sheet, you know. And yeah, then man. when everyone gets together, this incredible thing happens. And I was listening to this music and this song, and I was like, even if you don't like the story, like stick around for the music, Carrie. But she doesn't care; she just turns it off. That's so great, man. I'm like, I'm so, um, I'm so happy for the fact that you can still, um, like, tap into this sort of stuff in a positive way. That's mm. a really, it's like a superpower almost to get to watch Forty and still appreciate something in the film, even if the thing you're appreciating is actually a different film, which is within this film very briefly. But that's still like, you know, there's, there's, um. You're holding on to your positivity, and that is a very commendable thing. Yeah, if they're going to leave these little, you know, these little crumbs, these little tasty morsels, I'm going to gobble them up. Good on you. They're there for you. Music is a wonderful thing, guy. Um, it's quite magical, really, isn't it? The effect that it has on people. I know that mu- music's a. Th- this is almost a redundant thing because I think for like 95 percent of the population, uh, music is very important for them. And so to say music is very important to me in my daily life seems stupid. But there is one in 20 people out there for whom music is not important. And those people fucking terrify me, to be honest. I've met them. I know that they exist in the world. And uh, it's scary. Because you, you probably have spent enough time with me, guy. This, this kind of slightly infuriates my wife, I think. I think. But at least she knows this about me. Like... I will have to chuck some music or the radio on at all times. Um, like if I'm in the living room, if I'm in the kitchen, I, I can't go more than a few minutes without there being some banging tunes on. I need to be just awash with music at all times. I am somewhat similar. I sort of, I put on music to help me wake up and, you know, like it's a, it's a mood enhancer. You can help control your mental state if you apply music correctly. We're on the same Absolute, page. Absolutely. Hey, here's a question. Is Sex in the City, has that ever been adapted for Broadway? Not that I know of. That's Wouldn't that be screaming out for a musical? Yeah. 
Absolutely. On the one hand, I think, I mean, no, there's no need, you know, why not create an original production? But Broadway is as interested in rebooting popular materials as it is in creating original stuff. So it's in New York. I'm going to make a proposal to you. Um, You have to leave in like uh, about 15 minutes or so. Should we try and create this musical with the time we have left? Let's try and map this out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be an original story? Yes. We're not going to have... Sort of, I, I reckon sort of a, a bit of an amalgamation, like a... Um, it's going to be a broad sweeping arc using the characters. So we sort of, there's little moments from the TV show, you know, little uh, oh, references. But but not not entire, I feel like not entire storylines, but knowing nods, lines and outfits, moments, iconic moments where they, the performers can sort of break the fourth wall and just very gently wink at the audience in a way that if you weren't looking at that actor when they were doing that wink, you wouldn't know it happened. But those who are looking think they see us, they hear us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, in musicals, you talk to the, the audience a bit through song. So, I think um, this well, is cool. First things got, first, we're, yeah, re- yeah, yeah. we're recasting, aren't we? We're not going to get the original four actors to play these roles. Oh, boy, this will be fun. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Uh, okay, so playing Carrie Bradshaw, Matthew Broderick. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This is immediately taken a very different direction from what I imagined. No, no, no. I, I can't. I can't stand. I'm sorry, that. Tim. Casting choices are final. Matthew Broderick's okay. playing Carrie. That's not to say Matthew- we can't win it back with the casting of the other three characters. All right. Well, guess what? Samantha Jones will be portrayed by someone who is actually in the film Sex in the City, the movie. Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh wow! You know, I can't help but notice that you're casting. <laughs> um, I'm blind casting, guy. The term oh, okay. is blind casting. Oh, I see. You don't see gender. Uh, exactly. Uh, and the role... You, I, you, you feel can free I, to... Can I cast someone? <laughs> Please. Is that okay if, if I have a turn? <laughs> uh, I would like to cast Zendaya as Charlotte. I should, I, oh, wait. Who is she? Zendaya, she's a young actor and uh, musician or singer. Sorry, she. <laughs> I first came became aware of her in the wake of a, a, a Twitter video where someone she was casting like uh, some sort of animated film and she was playing yes, a character called Michi. Yes, this is who I thought it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's I also, my sole reference point for her. So I know she can sing and dance, but I also saw her um, her acting chops were on full display in Spider-Man Homecoming. She plays MJ in that Spider-Man reboot. Oh, her. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, there's going to be a huge discrepancy in the age of some of these characters. You know, you look at Matthew Broderick, Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> and Zendaya rolling around as a three, and you think, Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's called blind casting, folks. We see one thing, and that thing is talent, and we don't see anything else. 
Absolutely. We don't see gender, we don't see age. And so this would leave the role of Miranda to be played by none other than aspiring politician Cynthia Nixon. Oh, okay. Nice. Do, do we know if she can... No. Oh, okay. Casting is final. That's good. Do we know if she can sing? Um, I read a Teen Vogue article about her when she was a teen. So when she was 17. Mm-hmm. And um, she was performing on Broadway then. I don't know if they were in, you know dramas Mate. or musicals but good enough for me it, that'll do yeah I, I just think she would bring a um, like for the diehards who are upset by the other casting decisions she would bring a certain you know prestige element to the to the production oh you think Matthew Broderick isn't prestige I, I don't I, do I, I am not I, on Broadway I think he's very prestige but I think in a Broadway production of Sex in the City him portraying Carrie Bradshaw might not be regarded as <laughs> prestige. It's so good because um, Sarah Jessica Parker auditioned for the role. Oh my god! This is she just doesn't have apart. the experience. She doesn't have the experience. So here's the story. Um, we open up. It's it's morning and it's spring in New York City. Uh, we're in Carrie Bradshaw's apartment. Carrie Bradshaw is very um, young, so we've got Matthew Broderick in a in a wig, and <laughs> how she's, young? Uh, um, twenty four. Okay, I reckon. and can I? Is it too early to ask how many years is this musical going to span? Like two decades. In Holy a, shit! In a, in a classic three act structure, what will happen is the first act will be. Um, sort of you know the origin story of the gals within their context hey of like their friendship it'll be their coming together that's exciting and of being at new york city i can't wait to see that we're going to be using um from memory we're going to be using the carrie bradshaw diaries canon of pre sex in the city carrie backstory which means i think she's from fuck we went through this recently. She's from another part of America. I don't think she's from New York City. And she travels to New York City to fulfill her dreams of being like a fashion Yeah, sure. She's looking for labels and love. She's looking for labels. She's looking for love. That's her first musical number. Yes. She's, she's looking for labels. She's looking for love. Also, just quickly like to say, due to some budgeting mistakes and constraints... We cannot afford a set. And so to replace that, we've blown out the back wall of the prestigious Gramercy Theatre. And sort of like on those morning breakfast shows you see, where you look yeah. directly into Times Square, <laughs> New York City is the fifth character in this Broadway production and that you can literally see the street behind them. Also, you, can hear, all the, you, <laughs> you can hear the street em- noise. People can wander in <laughs> off the street onto the stage. It is Brilliant. as New York as you're going to get. NYC has its bare ass showing in this production, and it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Um, so our fir- our introductory number is Carrie Bradshaw in her tiny little shoebox apartment, um, looking for labels, looking for love, struggling with money, struggling with cum. Fuck, I don't know. I didn't really stick the landing on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll just stick with looking for labels, looking for love. Maybe in the liner yeah. notes you can put in the, you know, the epilogue for the song title. Sure. That sounds good. Um, 
What is Samantha's journey? She's working at Heebie Jeebies at this point? Or right. no, there, would that be too no, uh, late no. for that? Heebie Absolutely right. not. She's at Heebie Jeebies. Okay, so he, this is so fun. This is, this would be so fun. So we've got Carrie Bradshaw's number to open and then Samantha's song and she is um she's can I in the a, bar. Can I yeah, can I make a suggestion? Please. So at the end of looking for labels, looking for love, Carrie Bradshaw stumbles into Hebe Jeebies and she's quite oh. down she's downcast, she's downtrodden. Yes. She's not find, found any labels or love and she sits at the bar and she looks up and she says bartender one Manhattan, please. And who should be oh. standing on the other side of the bar but Tony Award-winning performer Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> finally back on the Broadway stage to play yes. the role he was born to play, Samantha Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, then Samantha has a, a big number about living a carefree life. Um, what's it, what's and it called? You really you you put me on the hop here. Looking for labels, looking for loves, Carrie Bradshaw, and then um, fucking around is Samantha Jones' big song. Okay. It's called fucking around, and it's a it's it's a double entendre, you see, guy, because it's it's both referencing the carefree way in which Samantha goes about her life, but also the fact that she is sleeping with a lot of people. I like that. I like that it's raunchy. I like that it's bullshit. I like that it lets the audience know that what they're watching is not some, you know, um, PG, diluted, watered down nah. version of the beloved Sex in the City franchise, but that this is a show for adults. This is a show that's going to be touching on the same themes in an exciting mm. new way with a pretty exciting new cast. I mean, to exactly. see Lin-Manuel Miranda cheering up Matthew Broderick, both in heavy <laughs> drag... <laughs> This is just good fun. This is good Broadway fun. This is what Broadway was built for, baby. So, um, do we think that all the characters should meet in this bar? It's it's a bit I can, neat. I, for I've, me. I've 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 got I've got it. So fucking around the big the big song and dance number finishes. By the end of this, Carrie and Samantha have formed a union that one would imagine would only last for the night. You know, one of those drunken friendships that you strike up and are over as quickly as they began, and they a stumble friendship. out. I of, love it. They they stumble out of the bar into the New York City morning. They are on the Upper East Side, we'll say. Well, no, they're sort of midtown, actually. And they stumble out of the bar, the harsh morning light, you know. They're bleary-eyed, mm. and they accidentally stumble into a very important and busy businesswoman walking down the street carrying a manila folder full of information. Who should it be but the one and only... Cynthia Nixon reprising her popular role as Miranda. Brilliant. So you know what we're what we're creating here is a streamlined circumstance in which we're going to actually see the friendships taking place. Uh, you know, almost immediately. We're still in the first act here. Yeah, yeah. But this is um, the getting the scaffolding up for the rest of the show. This and is uh, Miranda, Miranda's show, Miranda's song, sorry, is called Gotta Get Going, Gotta Get Moving. And so yeah. she becomes cross at them. She says, you know, how could you take your, you know, life is serious. How could you take your life for granted like this? 
And then the, yeah. this sort of counterbalance, Samantha comes hard at her on the other side and says, how can you take Absolutely. life so seriously? Life's a romp, life's a laugh. And Carrie's sort of, as we will soon find out, you know, her role maintains throughout the series and the, and the Broadway production, she's this middle ground where she's torn between two worlds, two lives. One in which she wants to pursue her journalism career with the same sort of ambition that made her move to New York City in the first place and the other which wants to have this devil may care attitude because Samantha looks like a lot of fun. She looks like she's enjoying her life. Yes. So it's like this Miranda opens the song, but it becomes this tit for tat between her and Samantha. And then Carrie sort of breaks out while the others two freeze in the middle of the song. And we hear her in a monologue as she's struggling with who she wants to be as she's finding her feet in New York City. Okay. Let, can, let me grab the rain now. So um, that is our first introduction to Miranda, but it's somewhat fleeting. So it sets her up as a presence in this world but they don't strike up the friendship just yet. That would be too easy. So Samantha goes home. We follow Carrie Bradshaw back to bed. She puts her head down in her bed for like one second and in absolute brilliant comic timing, Matthew Broderick pops right back up at the sound of her phone ringing. Um, And what do you know? Carrie's late for a date with some random guy where she was supposed to meet at the local art gallery. Oh. She quickly... Chucks on a dress, puts okay. her face on, okay. redoes her okay. slash Matthew Broderick's hair, and then uh, we hop, skip, and a jump, and suddenly we're in the art gallery. How's the date? It's awful. This man is uh, terrible. And who is portraying this person? It's Rain Wilson, um, who people might remember from uh, from The Office, The American Office, or uh, Kick-Ass. I really hope I'm thinking of the right person. Anyway, he's deplorable, and uh, who kind of helps her out of this sticky situation, but a very intrigued fellow art gallery goer by the name of Charlotte York. I like this. and so Charlotte s- sees a woman in trouble and sort of intervenes and pretends that she's Carrie's long-lost friend, and they haven't seen each other in ages, and kind of pulls her away out of the date. And it's very important for those of you playing along at home to remember that Charlotte York is not, in fact, being played by Kristen Davis, but being portrayed by the 22-year-old Zendaya. So Very wise beyond her years. Absolutely. Well, she's playing up. I mean, she's actually, of all of the pieces of casting so far, this is probably Zendaya's moment to shine because, I mean, Charlotte York's 25 at this point in the story, but 22 to 25 isn't a huge stretch. I think... You know, She's playing against a perhaps 60-year-old Matthew Broderick, though, so that's um, slightly tricky, but you know that's her burden to bear. Yeah, and not playing against you know the terrifying dynamic of uh, you know he's 60 and she's 22 and that they're alone in an art gallery, but they're playing <laughs> as, as friends, as women of the same age. A woman shepherding uh, another woman. Yeah, away from danger. Yeah, well, hey, look, that's why it's called acting, folks. You know, you got to get some suspended disbelief. Her opening number, it's called Art Above Men. And it's all about elevating art and the things you love over pursuing romance, which is obviously a a position that eventually, as the story wears on, uh, Charlotte will sort of not necessarily grow out of, but... um, Mm. You know, like it, it doesn't take long for Charlotte to also confess that she, what she's looking for, is true love, true romance. 
this sounds but, right to me. And this particular song as a means of comforting Carrie and sort of, you know, almost she's persuading herself as much as she's persuading Carrie. It's like, you know, you're going to meet a lot of crusty men out in the world, so you might as well enjoy some art along the way. Nice. That's really great. It's a showstopper. Um, <clears throat> it's a yeah it's a cool it's a cool that's like a i feel like that's a bit of a jazzy song that's like a bit of a swing so number. well now we now we have the introduction of the core four they've all got mm. some sort of interpersonal relationship to each other save for miranda doesn't know charlotte and samantha no, no there needs Char- to be a coming together yeah. so this um, is going to be this is i think our first challenge is to close the first act we need to find a circumstance in which all four women come together perhaps i see the yeah they could be united by all going on a... I mean, here's a question that we haven't asked or addressed yet. Is this set in 1990s New York or is this set in modern New York? This is the 90s. We're having fun with the era. It's a bit of a nostalgia kick. This is how you sell tickets when you've forgotten to build a set and you have to blow the ass out the end of your theatre. Okay. You put in some 90s hits. Uh, al- alongside some incredible original compositions. <laughs> Um, yes. So we need to create an environment in which they can all come and run into each other. Well, well, yeah. How about this? The Met Gala. How are they all? And are they all? This is some Willy Wonka shit. How have they all got tickets to the Met? None of them have tickets to the Met. But ah, they're, they're all planning in their own unique way. They're either going to go and stand on the fringes to watch it watch it go by or planning to blag their way in and they all arrive so at the end of the charlotte and carrie scene it's sort of uh you know the the i guess it's it's like a blackout for a second and when they come to all four characters are standing at the opposing four corners of the stage and they all just they're all running towards each other going the met gala the met gala and they all just run into each other and fall down Dude, this is so brilliant. All four of them so at, the, at top speed. I think they've all four independently in their songs mentioned why they want to go to the Met Gala, and it's all for different reasons. So Miranda's trying to close a business deal, and she knows that, or she's trying to get, she's trying to land a job with a big firm, and she knows that the hiring person is going to be at the Met Gala. Um, Samantha Jones is sick of fucking all these low class schmucks in her bar so she's looking for some top tier cowboy talent so she she's got her eyes set on the met gala um charlotte is there for the cultural event of the season she feels like this will give absolutely her experience of being in new york some some real resonance and reason for being and carrie bradshaw is there to cover the fashion this is one of the biggest fashion events in the world and she knows that uh if, if she can make it here hey she can make it anywhere that's right. So they're, they're all independently trying to sneak in. And then we kind of go a little bit Ocean's Eleven as they concoct a plan to try and sneak into the, the Met Gala, I think, after they crash into each yep. other. But the orchestra swells as they play the Mission Impossible theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that, that might have to do it on our um, writing yeah. session, guy, because I think we you get, have to so go. We get to the end of Act One. I mm. do. Just so everyone knows, I've got to go. I've got. I'm gonna. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm about to put on my running gear and I'm gonna to run to a voiceover job. I can't tell if that is legendary or incredibly unprofessional because I'm gonna yeah, arrive at this audio studio covered in sweat. But it's what you got to do. Got to earn a crust. You've also got to talk about sex in the city. You put them all together. This is what you get. 
Um, I just quickly like to before we get out of here, Tim. It's important that we share our shining lights. Oh fuck! Is it? Do you have one? Um, look, I keep coming back to the auction scene because there's just more and more people. There's a young woman with black hair who is behind Samantha. I think no, not Samantha. She's behind one of the girls, and I'm just I'm watching her reactions quite a lot at the moment. I'm liking what she's doing. That's great. Mine would have to be the marriage therapist between Miranda and Steve, who uh, I love this week. I really felt like she was minimizing Steve's actions and derailing the marriage because uh, she says, just like you don't know that Steve might not have another indiscretion. And I'm like, call it what it is. The guy fucked a border collie alongside all sorts of other people. It's not an indiscretion. The guy's a maniac. Yeah. Um, And... I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good shining light guy. Um, you know, we should put her in the musical as well because she's actually a Broadway actor. Do you know who one. else we should put in the musical? Who? Norm Lewis, who he's in se- Star of Sex in the City 2. Remember at the big gay wedding? There are two people yeah. who say uh, Miranda's had work done or something. I love your dress. Yes, yes. He- he's one of those two. He's the superior actor. Great. Put him in. And he's a Broadway Absolutely. star. All right. We're going to keep, we'll pick this up soon, everybody. Don't worry. We're not going to leave good. you on edge. No. We'll love get you the other two acts done. I love you too, man. Have a great voice session. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Goodbye, everybody. Best of luck Bye. out there. We just have a good rhythm together. You know, I, he sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. 